So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. So nobody say anything you might regret. We're live on the internet right now. <gasps> I, I want to break out into a Gordon Lightfoot song. A Gordon Lightfoot song. <laughs> Welcome to Feature Creep. Colon. Built-in microwave. Semicolon. Ocean Gate Gate. Ocean Gate Gate. Yes. This is Ocean Gate Gate. But before we get into the Ocean Gate Gate, uh, we have to talk about the other ship that sank and many people were lost at sea that happened concurrent to ocean just, gate gate yeah, just prior to just prior to and concurrent to ocean gate gate where a fishing vessel full uh, of migrants coming from yeah so um there is so it was estimated that as many as 750 people may have been packed onto this small boat um hundred children in the hold Oh man. Uh so I'm reading from an article, a BBC article called uh titled Grease Boat Disaster Leaves at Least Seventy Eight Dead and Hundreds Missing, um, from the fifteenth of June. And uh I'm looking for an author, but I'm not sure. Oh yes. Uh George Wright and Laura Gazi Gozi. Um G O Z Z I Gazi. Gozi. Probably something like that. Uh, so, uh, George and Laura, they say, uh, or they say at least 78 people have died and more than a hundred have been rescued after their fishing boat sank off Southern Greece. So this is, um, basically what happened was, uh, that there was a refugee boat, um, and it was off the coast of Greece, potentially headed for Italy, according to authorities, um, I'm paraphrasing the article. Authorities say their offer of aid were refused, but they are facing claims of not doing enough to help. Um, Greece says that it's one of the biggest ever migrant tragedies and has been declared through, has declared three days of mourning. Um, it's like hundreds of people drowned. Yeah. Yeah. So the boat, the facts that I can get or the facts as listed by this article, the boat went down about 800 kilometers or 80 kilometers, 50 miles Southwest of uh, Pylos after uh, 2 a.m. on Wednesday morning local time. So that was the June 15th um, or June 14th, according to the Greek Coast Guard, which lowered an earlier confirmed death toll of 79 to 78. Hmm. Um, the EU's border agency, Frontex, said it had spotted the boat early on Tuesday afternoon and immediately told Greek authority, uh, Greek and Italian authorities. Um, the same Coast Guard said later that no one on board was wearing life jackets. In a timeline provided by the Coast Guard, it said that initial contact was made with a fishing boat at 1400, um, so 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and no request for help had been made. It said the Greek shipping ministry had made repeated contact, and the boat was told repeatedly it simply wanted... Oh, sorry, the the Greek shipping ministry was told by the boat repeatedly it simply wanted to sail on to Italy. Um a Maltese flagship provided uh, food and water at around 1800 and another boat provided water three hours after that, it added. Uh, then at 1.40 a.m. on Wednesday morning, 
the boat is said to have notified the Greek Coast Guard that the vessel's engine had malfunctioned. Shortly afterwards, the boat capsized, taking only 10 to 15 minutes to sink completely. Um, and then and then a search rescue operation was triggered but complicated by strong winds. So the reason that we're mentioning this is that um, I think understandably, or I don't know if understandably is the right word. Uh, the reason we're mentioning this is that... Um, a whole lot of people cared about a submersible with a handful of people on it going missing for a bunch of days. But at the same time, the story of hundreds of people on a boat that went under was overlooked and somewhat downplayed by comparison. Yeah. And you have to ask why could it possibly be because of the value we place on the lives of the people in the respective vessels? Potentially. Um, I think also there was that good quote from um, the, let me find the times article. Uh, there's uh, so the, sorry, the Washington post article by um, Ishan Theroar, mm-hmm. uh in which he says that uh, shocking as it is, this disaster in the Mediterranean is all too familiar to a global public, largely numb to the plight of those making the perilous crossing. Um, it's, it's actually a very good article. Uh, he wrote, this article in the Washington Post on June 21st, 2023. And it's now July 6th. And I'm kind of reading, reading quotes from it. Um, He suggests that there's uh, that this also kind of gives a picture of the two Pakistan of two different Pakistans, right? Or it kind of really highlights the cultural or the financial economic, social economic divide um, between sort of Pakistanis packing themselves onto a boat, 700 migrants, you know, trying to escape on a boat versus some very rich. um, And who were the Pakistanis who were on the ocean gate gate? Oh yes. Um, The Dawoods. uh, Here we go. Yeah. You're right. The Dawoods. So Shazada Dawood and Ahmed Dawood. Um, Suleiman. Suleiman. Suleiman Dawood. No. According to Wikipedia, it's Shahzad Dawood, a Pakistani-British businessman of the Dawood Hercules Corporation and philanthropist and a son of a Pakistani businessman um, and grandson of... Oh, gotcha. No, sorry. You're right. Uh, Suleiman Dawood, you are correct. I, my apologies. It, the way it's written, it like has a different name right in yeah. front of it, um, but it's the font... or the formatting is fucked up um yeah suleiman yeah suleiman dawood age 19 and his father uh shazada dawood uh age 48 so and yeah and they're pakistani and so the right like incredibly like incredibly rich um and privileged versus like you know 700 migrants like trying to escape Mm -hmm. pakistan on a boat and you know sinking to the bottom of the bottom of the sea yeah yeah mediterranean yeah so they were pakistani people on the boat that sank in the mediterranean uh i believe so yeah um where were they coming from so last okay so a fishing a fishing trawler carrying more than 700 migrants primarily from egypt syria and pakistan went down off the coast of greece so probably left from egypt i would imagine right Hmm. yep interesting it's interesting to me that there was such a concentration, so uh, like an identifiable concentration of people from these like three places, places. right? Like how I would lo- I would be very curious to know like how they came to be in this 
Well, I mean, this war in Syria is still going on, and so like they're fleeing. Uh, Syrians are fleeing war. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, a, cr- a critical mass of Pakistani people on a—I mean, that's a long way from, long way Pakistan. from Pakistan. So I just wonder, how, like, that's interesting to me. That's yeah. that stands out to me. Um, I don't know. I find that yeah mysterious. Yeah. Um, uh, also, interestingly. Um, where did I just read that? So also, yeah, so by some estimates, more than 300 Pakistani nationals on the boat died. Um, so I, I want to point out, like, we've re- I have two articles here, right? So I have the one by uh, Ishan Tharpour, who wrote uh, the In Missing Submersible, uh, In Missing Submersible and Migrant Disaster, A Tale of Two Pakistans. Um, the columnist wrote, in the Washington Post, his article was published June twenty first, mm-hmm. whereas the one in the uh, the BBC article by George Wright and Laura Gozzi was written on the fifteenth. And the one on the fifteenth, the story, you know, as reported by the Coast Guard, of course, is that like refused help on multiple occasions and then sunk immediately. Um, the one that uh, Ashan Thapur writes about. Uh, suggests otherwise um and let me find the quote yeah didn't refuse help or and or didn't sink quickly yeah it's he his according to his article and i don't see a source on this but he just says the ship that took them to their deaths was stranded for days on its intended journey to italy without help despite apparent distress calls made by the migrants and they endured this all in the desperate attempt to find asylum on a continent whose governments had failed to come up with the collective plan on migration, blah, blah, like, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, so, right. so there is definitely contrasting information there. And so it's very possible that, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously like I, I would say you're reading when you read the BBC article, like all they're doing is quoting what they, what they were told by the coast guard. Right. right. So, and you know, it's, it's easy yeah. to understand how anyone who had a moral, a compelling moral reason to rescue migrants and failed to do so would want to downplay, you know, like they refused help and then they sank really quickly. So there was nothing we could do. Right. Right. I'm not saying that's definitely what happened, but I'm saying it's understandable how that could possibly be a motive or a motivator. Um, yeah, so that's like if we're gonna give a shit about people going missing at sea, mm-hmm. we should be proportional about it. Maybe I don't know. So there's like five rich people in a submersible uh, who were there, not under duress at all. Yes, right. Versus of their own, hundreds, under their own yeah, volition, they chose their, to do it voluntarily. They were not fleeing. I mean, more right. on that later. The voluntarily part, right? Yes, but they it, ostensibly, ostensibly, they were willing. Whereas migrants maybe had absolutely no choice, right? Uh, so to speak. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that. All right. Well, okay. That's all we have to say. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> bye. That's great. Bye. Uh-huh. And you thought this right. was going to be about Ocean Gate Gate, right? So uh, maybe we should describe why we're calling it Ocean Gate Gate. Yeah. Um, we mentioned this briefly in another podcast episode, but obviously now in in terms of pop culture, the suffix gate attached to anything is the indicator of a scandal relating to the thing. Yes. 
about which there is a gate. So like hilariously, that would mean that the Watergate scandal would be Watergate gate because it's about the Watergate hotel. Yes. <laughs> which is hilarious and recursive in hindsight. Um, which is funny cause it's not even about the Watergate hotel. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so in our situation, ocean gate gate is the scandal about the ocean gate company. And when we found out about the ocean gate, scandal which is what i'm gonna call it the ocean gate scandal scandal, when we initially found out about the ocean gate scandal i was like wait the company's name is ocean gate like they basically doomed themselves by naming themselves ocean gate like you can't self-apply the term something gate and expect everything to go well (laughs) right (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) it's like i don't know like certain children's names doom them Uh uh-huh Ocean Gate. Ocean. You're just not. You're not going to live it down. That's no. it. You've done it. And what it was that they did was build an obviously subpar submersible, and then they sank it and imploded it. Yeah. And so let's talk about that. Yep. Um, so let's, this is what was going on. Yeah. So let's just like if you haven't disaster. heard anything about this, I'll just give a quick blurb. Um, as taken from the Wikipedia article on uh, Titan, the Titan sub in particular, a Titan submersible implosion. Uh, and so it's July 6th and I'm retrieving from the Wikipedia article, Titan submersible implosion. So on the 18th of June, 2023, Titan, a submersible operated by American tourism and expeditions company, Ocean Gate of the aforementioned Ocean Gate Gate scandal right. um, imploded <laughs> during an expedition to view the to view the wreck of the Titanic in the North Atlantic Ocean off the coast of Newfoundland, Canada. So, um, as we kind of mentioned, there were five people who died uh, on board the submersible. Were Stockton Rush, the CEO of Ocean Gate, Paul Henry uh, Nar- Nargalay, a French deep sea explorer and Titanic expert, Nargalay. Harnish Harding, a British billionaire businessman. Shazada Dawood, a Pakistani British billionaire businessman, and Dawood's son Solomon. So, yeah. those are the uh, people who passed away um, quickly or not so quickly, depending. Um, and uh, communication with Titan was lost about one hour and forty-five minutes into its dives. Authorities were alerted when it failed to resurface at the scheduled time later that day. Um, and then. Uh, the submersible had been missing for four days. A remotely operated underwater vehicle discovered a debris field containing parts of Titan about 500 meters from the bow of the Titanic. Okay, so go. Let's talk about what the fuck. So what the fuck is the uh, the design of this sub was like almost hilariously bad. Yeah. Like like comically bad like it must be a joke you like trying the, the to tell plot me that of this a is... bad disaster movie bad. <laughs> yes right. a b movie with a low budget like right. really low budget effects uh-huh um so i just when i started watching this when we first heard about this and they were like ocean gate and i was like oh no this is going to be a scandal obviously because of the gate right yes. uh then it did turn out to be a scandal in ways that i was like not even prepared for Like I was skeptical to begin with. And then it surpassed my wildest skeptical dreams uh-huh. in terms of just like how obviously bad this thing was. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So where to start? Um, one of the things 
that was so we're going to talk because this is a, like ostensibly a design an art and design podcast, yeah. right? We're going to talk about the design of this submersible. Okay. And the reason that we're going to talk about it is because like, you don't actually need to be an expert to understand why this was doomed from the start. Right. Anybody can understand this. And like the, t- the things that they're, that they kind of don't, they talk about the design of the sub on like the news and things like that, but nobody's really willing to be like, this was so obviously bad and insufficient that it's like shocking. Anyone was dumb enough to get on the sub. So like the other thing yeah. is that people who don't know anything about submersibles or like deep sea ocean voyages and things like that were like fooled through hubris into thinking that they were special enough to go on this very special sub and they were special enough to survive this very special experience mm-hmm. and they were willing to pay a lot of money for it. And the reason potentially for bragging, for, for bragging uh-huh. rights and right. potentially all of that factors into why they were silly enough to get on what was an obvious death trap. But like also they were kind of lied to and a mm-hmm. lot of people aren't talking about the informed consent aspect of this. Right. Wherein like these people thought one thing was true about what they were agreeing to and the risks that they were taking on. But in reality, they didn't actually understand what the risks were because right. they were lied to about what those risks were or lied to by omission in like just not told about certain things that would have been obvious deal breakers to anyone with a desire to continue to live. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, I just wanted to talk about the very, like we're not talking about one or two iffy things on this sub. Like right. they literally screwed up everything you could screw up in ways right. that were demonstrably screwy and foreseeably screwy and they were told like a myriad of times by almost anyone who has any working knowledge of material science or deep sea ocean going voyages or diving or exploration in the ocean like so many people warned the builders and the owners of this company and anyone who would listen who might want to take a ride on it like don't go on it it's going to kill you and so like these people you have to assume either disregarded that advice which in some cases we know to be true or just were never told these things and that's why they were willing to go in the first place and i just think it's kind of nuts that like the the in the lack of informed consent gets omitted or overlooked in all of these discussions yeah like it wasn't possible to it give conform, informed consent because you weren't provided with the information. Right. Yeah. Nobody it, was honest with you about what the risks were. So you couldn't actually agree or not agree with those risks because you didn't know what they were. Yeah. I think I like, I think my experience just speaks to this in the sense that, so to give context, um, I was, uh, Ned was on travel. I was traveling to national parks, um, and was basically out of touch with like, like mainstream media email for a lot of the part time um, Meg and Damon, like Damon, you, you and Meg were both like, when you get here, cause I, the end of the trip was to arrive at your house where I am now right. here. And the end of the trip was to like connect with you both and then stay here. And you guys were like, okay, I can't wait to tell you all of the crazy shit that's been going on 
with right. this submersible. And so you guys were like, if you don't like, if you can try not to read too much about it, because we'd like to be like, I want to see your, your face yeah, when I, I tell see your you face when I tell you this. And I think one of the things that really stuck with me um, among a myriad of things that you guys were like, and then this thing happened and I was shocked. And of course, but the thing that kind of like started to build in the back of my mind, like as we're talking about this and we're kind of like reviewing like news clippings and YouTube channel discussions and stuff. And you guys are like, you know, being able to share all this stuff with me. The thing that really started to hit me was like, I had never really, I, I knew that the Titanic was found. I knew that the wreck, you know, we found, I think it, yeah. I don't remember when it was found, like 96, or 85, 85, like quite a while ago. But, um, I wow. knew that like more modern dives, like I knew that, uh, What's his name? James Cameron. James Cameron had gone down there. Like I knew that that things were happening that was exciting about it, but it had never really occurred to me like how deep it was. Mm, Yes, me too. Or more importantly, what that really means. Like, like I can, I'd never really put much thought to it. Right. Like I, I'd always kind of thought about it. It's like you go down below like 50 feet or something and it's, you start to really have a lot of water pressure and you go much deeper than that. And it like gets pretty intense. Um, you know, but also like, I'm like, I don't know. Like in my mind, it's like the, <laughs> right. the you know, it's down there kind of deep or whatever. But as yeah. I start to like think about it and Damon, as you were kind of like, you're like, this is a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like not like, not like, you know, like tire pressure levels of pressure, mm-hmm. right? Like right. this is, or like an overinflated balloon popping near your head or something <laughs> right. like this is like, like just completely just instantaneously crushed as soon as that pressure vessel gives way. Yeah. Like there's no, it's not, it's so fast. It's so, and it's just overwhelming amount of force. Yes. There's nothing. No, there's not like some bubbles of air are going to escape somewhere. Like it's Uh -uh. just that air is going to be so compressed that it's just probably that never reaches the surface of the ocean. I mean, eventually probably, but but you get so compressed it explodes. Yeah. Right. It, it compresses so quickly. It causes an explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like it was oh, down at the at the depth. So the Titanic is down around 4,000 meters. Yeah, 3,800 meters. Four kilometers yep. down. Right, two and a half um, miles. Two and a half miles. And the pressure of the water at that depth is like 400 atmospheres. 400 atmospheres. It's like one atmosphere for every 10 meters. Yeah, 10 meters of depth. depth. So every Yeah, every 10 meters you go down, you basically get... Yeah, it's it's roughly 400 atmospheres. Right. Yeah. So according to Wikipedia, or according to the Google, the Googler, the Googler, mm-hmm. ye old Googler, ye old Googler, um, since the Titanic is not quite at 4,000 meters, the water pressure is estimated to be at 6,000 psi or 375 atmospheres. 375 atmospheres. Yeah. Which you know you go like a little deeper and you're right at 400. Yeah. Like, right. It's you're not, just like right, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's like an in that's unimaginable amounts of force inward inward pressing right smashing from all directions yeah not like pancaking you flat right or like smooshing you from side to side like from all directions at once crushing you down into like just molecules yeah and like separating ripping your molecules apart ripping your molecules apart at like unimaginable speed nanoseconds yeah so like so that's like th- that kind of understanding of what you're in for, like what's happening outside of the vessel that you plan to go down into the ocean in. Yeah. <clears throat> I think 
I would be very curious to know if the discussion that we just had about how many atmospheres and what that means and what that type of pressure is and what that will do if something goes wrong and how things will decompensate and implode and then explode from the force of the implosion. Like, right. <laughs> like, yeah. did that conversation happen with anybody who was tantalized into right. setting now, foot? I, it, that is a great question. I, I'm pretty sure that like, Stockton knew. Stockton was Nargelet the CEO. Knew. But Nargelet the, was the diver, the, 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 professional well, the, diver. the professional diver, the one that had been down to the Titanic 37 times. Right. And uh, Hamish Harding knows. Hamish Harding has the record for most distance traversed right. along Challenger Deep, the deepest part of the ocean that anyone's ever been to. Right. Mm-hmm. So like he's been three times deeper than the Titanic. So three of the people who died on the titan submersible absolutely should have known better right yes there's no excuse for the three of them being willing to get into that vessel right right and it's uh, but like my to my mind it's like it's still an incomprehensible amount of pressure and force yes yes it's unimaginable i can't i don't know how to visualize it or like like the deepest a human can dive is about a thousand feet okay which is about 300 ish meters right and you can't you can't just ascend from there like this is like no there's huge amount of procedure to manage the blood gases time yeah you gotta come up and spend a certain amount of time my ex-wife was a certified scuba instructor okay so like there's all kinds of rules about and the pre and it's just the pressure ramps up so fast yes just the tiniest little bit going down is just so much pressure yeah even just at the human levels we can go down right the deepest any military submarine yeah naval submarine can go is a thousand meters right and the titanic is almost four times deeper than that right it's just unimaginable yeah. how much. And then it goes even deeper. And what's crazy is we know how to make subs that go this deep and deeper very well. And they just ignored it all. Right. So uh, I have a note here about um, <clears throat> the fact that the uh, submersible in question, the uh, the one that imploded, was not only not a sphere shape like right. the re- every other vessel that is rated to go to there are 10 other <clears throat> there are 10 vehicles mm-hmm. operational today that can go to the depth of the titanic or deeper they are all certified and they are all spheres and they're all made from one solid piece of Unif- uniform, uniform material, material and it's right titanium or steel steel or, or some kind or of acrylic. machined metal yeah. or, or acrylic yes and so there it's all contiguous and it's uh and it, it's uniform in terms of its thickness and there are no like weak spots and it's they're rigorous well it's tested. possible to be te- to test to make sure that that's the case right and you the can make the that, steel to that right. right and so you test it and if there's errors then you or flaws you don't use it or right. you fix it or melt it down and do it again mm-hmm. so you can test it to make sure that there's nothing like obviously 
going to cause a catastrophic failure on them before you get into them. You can and model it them. in a computer because of the uh, the material science of it is well understood. Right. I, I just well want to point understood. out none of us are engineers. Right. But like uh, listening to people who are experts talk about this is like they 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 understand the material science of this very well. And many p- experts were like the the material science does not work out on this. Right. So and the reason why is because the Titan submersible used. A shape that is non-spherical. It was a cylinder uh, with caps on either end, essentially, titanium and, and caps. titanium and caps. And so there were different materials. The hull was a wrapped carbon fiber, and then the end caps were titanium. And there was an acrylic window in one end. And uh, these materials are not only not the right materials for this type of an endeavor from like an engineering and material science standpoint. But the fact that there are different materials attached to each other creates weak spots at the attachment points and the interfaces of these different materials. Mm -hmm. And anytime you put these materials under stress, because they're different materials, they respond differently to the stress. And that means that they don't move together. They don't, they, they can cause, um, like different expansions and shrinkages and things right. like that. And so there's different forces acting on different parts of this submersible, right. the Titan We're, submersible yeah, the, that causes differentials to occur. Right. It's called, a, it's called a, a, a coefficient of expansion and they all have different coefficients of expansion. So, so one part's expanding more or less than another part, which under the same conditions, the places where they interface and attach to each other undergo different rates of expansion and extra stress too, Mm -hmm. and extra stress, which means they separate. Right. Well, they lead to separation like a, a, a former Naval captain of a submarine. Uh, was talking about, talking about this, and he's like, I, you know, that that joint is just going to come loose. Eventually, it's just going to work itself loose. You, it's, it, you, you know, you can cycle it. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you take something like that and then you cycle it deep and back up and deep and back up and deep and back up, and that seal will work itself loose. Right. Yeah. You're, Over time. Yeah. There's no way around that, really. Right. No, it's just the they, way that they, works. In a, in a way, this Titan sub was. I mean. Very sophisticated super glue. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, they just super glued the parts together. Mm -hmm. And we watched in videos that were put out by this company, Ocean Gate, where people were just like epoxying these things together by hand. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like doing it by by applying the glue and smooshing them together by hand. Right. And it's like, well, that is going to lead to all kinds of potential for error and increased risk. So yeah, the, the different, the disparate materials that comprise the sub and the shape of it, the fact that it was a cylinder and not a sphere. When you have a sphere, like I said, all of this water is pushing in from all of the angles all of the time. And so you need an object to embed yourself within. If you go into the ocean that can resist all of the water coming from all of the angles equally all of the time. And the only way mathematically to do that is with a sphere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this was not a sphere. So right there, Mm -hmm. you already know it's not going to make it because a shape that is not a sphere will not withstand the type of pressure that they would be known to experience at 3,800 meters down. Right. So it was doomed to fail. Right. That's just physics. 
Um, so that was a problem. They also put in a window that was acrylic, right? Mm -hmm. An acrylic window. And the window itself up front, no like bones about it, was only rated for 1,300 meters. Right. They didn't, you know, the company who made the window rated it and certified it to 1,300 meters. But they know they were going to 3,800 meters. So again, here's another point where we already know ahead of time that it is doomed to fail right this is just going to fail we know this so that we know that there's at least two if not three reasons that this sub is going to going to fail miserably right on a a long enough timeline yes the shape the the disparate materials and the window that was not rated to begin with for the depths they were going to and not just disparate materials but just bad materials so then there's right. the the using of carbon fiber at all to go deep which is well understood apparently within that deep dive community to be bad yeah because like the, it's not a good choice right sure. well, well for one thing you can't model it in a computer because it's not a uniform material oh so right. it's real like, difficult to model and understand because how you put it together matters yes yeah like the way the fibers run the kind of like how much polymer is between right. the two between a given fiber size did of you fibers? get all the like, air bubbles out apparently yeah. they did not put it in a vacuum chamber to get the va- the bubbles out when, oh, okay. when producing the hole right okay right. so any little air gap is an irregularity in right. this the the physical the composition of the sub, which Mm -hmm. means a weak spot and or a spot that's going to expand or contract more or less than the thing right next to it. Right, exactly. And then lead to a rupture. Right, which as you discussed, like the cycling is part of the problem. Right. It's like, and one of the, so we know that they made uh, three, four prior successful dives. They they made 12. They made 12 dives. They made 12 dives. Now, it's unclear. In 2019, there was someone who reported, went down and reported they heard a cracking and this person was like, wrote a letter to them and was like, you need to fix that because that's going to, that is not good. That, that right. sound, that's dangerous and people are not going to like that. <laughs> and I, the, the, what we understand is that they had a second hole made after that. Right. Okay. So the one that catastrophically failed at the end of June was actually the second one to crack. Right. But the first to fully implode. Because the people who heard the cracking on the original hull lived to tell about it. Right. Amazingly. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's the the carbon fiber. And you mentioned earlier that uh, Stockton was on video bragging about the fact and another person confirmed this who was in a phone call with him and backed out of a ride on this on the submersible that he was bragging about the fact that he got the carbon fiber used secondhand because it was no longer certified for use in aerospace and right. engineering and Boeing was trying to offload it at a discount because they couldn't use it anymore because they had already decided it wasn't safe enough and what's even more annoying about that situation is not only was it not safe for the intended application, but it was, even if it had been in optimal condition, it wouldn't have been the right material for this application as a submersible to begin with. So again, it was bound to fail. Yeah. It, it seems like, you know, you can build well carbon fiber. I've seen carbon fiber. It's really hard. It seems really solid. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, 
brittle. It's a, it's a rope. Like the best way to think about it is like it's a rope, like suspended in glue, mm-hmm. right? And like, yeah. like we were talking earlier about it's te- got tensile strength. And if like you're like, if you keep hearing that and you're not sure what tensile means, it means like think about a rope and when you pull on it, it stretches, it, it stretches it and, it, and then it, and but it also like it becomes rigid. Like mm-hmm. when you put a lot of weight on it, it's, yeah. it's like you take the slack out of it, right? right. Mm-hmm. We all have heard about taking the slack out. Well, that's what happens when you've got, this is where carbon fiber is really good for like spacecraft and aircraft and things that have got internal pressure mm-hmm. pushing out because you're like stretching that rope, right? right? You've got right. this, you, it's basically a really, really, really thin rope just wrapped around and you, and it like stretches out and that's where it strength is. It's really good at that. You can't squeeze a rope. Well, you like can, you, it just squishes it together. It doesn't, right, right. It's like it doesn't resist when you push two, the two ends together, it just flops. Yeah. Right. And that's what you're doing with the, with the carbon fiber is you're trying to put, you know, the sending it underwater is trying to push that rope together. And we know how that behaves. It's just going to buckle. I wonder if the carbon fiber, the car, the fibers, the carbon fiber part mm-hmm. of the carbon fiber actually mm-hmm. contribute to much structural support at all in a compression scenario versus the strength the, of the, the binding epoxy. the epoxy. It's probably all the epoxy. It's like, it you probably just, was all which, the epoxy. It's yes. almost like you're just using like, like we talked about acrylic being a, a reasonable or right. a, a possible vessel or material. material like yeah. it's almost like you're using, you're using like a pre um, compromised acrylic cylinder. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, it's compromised by all the carbon fiber that's not doing anything to help you. Yeah, and the way they wound it was essentially the hull was like a spool, and they wound it like mm-hmm. thread on a like a mm-hmm. sewing spool. So I have this quote um, that's really good about this, which I think is the um, the one about uh, what's his name, um, the expired carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. So let me see if I can find that. Um, Uh, hold on. You guys keep talking. Oh, so yeah. Stockton uh, Russia's like yeah. colleague or friend or somebody he knew well enough to speak to him on the phone was supposed to go on the submersible and for some scheduling conflict had to back out. And then the night before they went on the scheduled dive, Stockton Rush spoke to this person who had to back out and was bragging as the person described it mm-hmm. was bragging about the fact that he had scored this discount carbon yeah. fiber. So right. here's the, here's the quote. So, um, a, so Arnie Weissman, editor in chief of travel magazine had been initially agreed to join the June expedition, um, and backed out at the last minute due to some scheduling conflict. Uh, he says that he had a, a he had a conversation with the ocean gate CEO Stockton rush the night before the expedition. Um, according to Weissman, Rush had bought the carbon fiber used to make the Titan quote at a big discount from Boeing because quote, it was part, it, it was past its shelf life for use in airplanes. So he bought this, like he bought this cast off where they're basically like, we can't use this part. Right. It sat around too much. It either. Yeah. It sat around too much or, you know, we don't know the details, but essentially, um, you know, it's expired. Right. And so the, the people who owned it were like, well, we can't use it for our purposes because our, you know, our requirements are too stringent. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's like, well, fuck that. I'm just going to throw it on a sub and see what happens. Right. Basically. Or and just build a whole sub around it, to be honest, because like this is yeah. like the bulk of the. Right. It's the main. Yeah. It's the main pressure component. vessel. And yeah. this like this is kind of like 
segues into a conversation we can have about the fact that like Stockton allegedly graduated from Princeton with a degree in aerospace engineering, right? right? And it's worth pointing out that like, one, for someone who supposedly earned their degree in engineering, he was awfully flagrant about ignoring most of the principles that engineers study in order not to kill people with their designs. Right. Um, and furthermore, he was really like arrogant about the transferability of his skills in aerospace to deep sea exploration, which is to say like, they're not actually transferable because they're nowhere near the same. They're fucking completely thing. different regimes, completely different in one. You're trying to hold shit in in the other. You're trying to hold shit out. Right. It's not the same thing mm-hmm. at all and like in aerospace like you if there is a hole in your aircraft at thirty five thousand feet they drop a little mask and you're able to get oxygen and you'll be all right mm-hmm. yeah right if you're an astronaut orbiting earth and you're in a spacesuit and you get uh, a hole puncture yeah you're fine and you you can come back through the atmosphere yeah and you'll survive mm-hmm. not a problem you get the slightest little pinhole under 400 atmosphere, 375 atmospheres, yeah, 6,000 right. 6, psi, <laughs> yeah, right, pressure. Yeah, it's gonna implode on you faster than your brain can even uh, before your brain is even aware that anything's happening. Yeah, it's it, it's just completely and radically different, and there's no way that studying for one uh, operating regime. It prepares you for uh, oper- you know, yeah. designing and operating in the other regime. So I, I'm just kind of off the cuff thinking of this sort of analogy like in the industry that Damon, you and I work in. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if... So I write software and Damon, you kind of do technical operations and sort of right. like put up with us asshole devs. <laughs> That's right. Like, yeah. Um, and like, can you imagine if I came to you one day and was just like, hey, I have this idea... And I want to put it into production on your servers right now. Can you just get out of the way, please? Right. Oh, sure. Like, I want it exposed to the public immediately mm-hmm. right now. Is that okay? Hell no. Right. And then, like, and so my approach is like, well, fuck you. I'm going to just go around you then. Like, right. Oh, I'm going to fire you. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's just no. Right. I can't. And also, like, as a dev, like, I would be terrified of writing. I mean, I already believe that all of the technology in the world just barely works as it is. Like, I don't have a strong, like, faith in confidence. the confidence. Right. But I for sure know that, like, when stuff is working and I'm making changes to it, I don't want to make changes until I know, like I don't want anybody to see those changes until I know that it could go through a testing process. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I want that testing process or I don't want to release it. Like I'm not going to, this is not a viable product until it's gone through a rigorous testing that we continually continue or we continuously evaluate and change the testing process. Right. And this is for stuff that our lives don't depend on. Yeah. Nobody's fucking life's going to die. If I like, you know, if your Netflix video like stalls out for two seconds, I mean a lot of people, well, somebody might get shot, but somebody might have a heart attack. Yeah. But it's not gonna be yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But you know what I mean. Yes. Right. No like, one's life yeah. is depending on what we do. And yet no. we have provided we produce more testing and rigor than they, than they than did. did. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. So how, hey fellas, how much testing did they do? Not much. They did not do any destructive testing. 
So in other words, they didn't push it to see where is the limit before it absolutely poops out on us. Right. They didn't wire it up to be a remotely operated vehicle so that they could take it and do destructive testing. Like, like, let's see where this thing fails. Right. They didn't like this is a completely unproven material that they that has not been tested mm-hmm. that they did none of the they did none of the testing themselves and then just decided to put people in it and go right so according to the wikipedia article just to kind of add more context mm-hmm. um the titan submersible oceangate claimed on its website as of 2023 that titan was designed and engineered by oceangate inc in collaboration with experts from NASA, Boeing, and the University of Washington. Which? Which. So the University of Washington stated that Applied Physics Laboratory had no involvement in design, engineering, or testing of the Titan submersible. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, According to one source, a one-third scale model of the Cyclops II, the, co- the original name of the Titan. Right, it was renamed um, Titan. Yeah, pressure vessel was built and tested at the University of Washington Applied Physics Laboratory. The model was able to sustain a pressure of 4,000 PSI, or roughly 291 atmosphere, uh, corresponding to a depth of approximately 3,000 meters. Um, which is shallower. Yes. Yeah. And um, not the same also vessel. Also just not the like, same vessel. It's a, you know, it's right. right. It's testing of a scale model. Scale model. Um, like yeah. it's a proof of concept, right? Which is yeah. to say, yeah. which, which fine. Also we, like, you know, that makes sense in the context of like, it could go down there one time. Right. And they did. And I'm not, I mean, and not that it proves like that right. wouldn't be enough testing for me. I'd be like, fuck no, it's, we're probably all going to die. Right. The fact that they managed to make it down there a few times is right. like just, you know, luck of the draw, I guess. I, right. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like all of the, all three of the institutions that ocean gate gave the impression had collaborated. I mean, it's very right. clear that ocean gate was trading on those names and their reputations to fill in the blanks that they didn't right. bother to do. And, and all three of those institutions have been like, uh, not exactly <laughs> like, mm-hmm. w- like, like you said, we had something to do with it, but not in the capacity that they said. So, mm-hmm. or right. we were like nominally involved, but only to this extent or, you know, whatever, like certainly not to the extent that it was supposed to, uh, engender confidence in people. Right. The way that Stockton used it in interviews and when talking with people was, Oh yeah, we, you know, we did this with NASA and Boeing and university of Washington, you know, like graduate students and, and yada, yada, yada. Like, Oh, we're, we know what we're doing. We worked with the experts. Right. That it it wasn't stated that none of the details, right. None of the, none of the, uh, the qualifications that needed to come along with that. Like the, Okay, yeah, but we only test, you know, only tested it once to 3,000, you know, meters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, or like just put it uh, a scale model. We did not cycle that scale model a hundred times, just, you know, or anything right. like that. Yeah. We haven't done, we didn't do a, we didn't do a full up scale test model to, mm-hmm. to, to nope. depth. We, yeah. Know, this- like, this all raises another thematic element of this saga for me, which is the manufacturing of legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they didn't actually do any of the things that are best practices, industry standards, the things that'll get you certified, like doing the things that the experts suggest or require, like none of that. They 
did this sort of like half-assed implication shit where they, you know, they insinuated that because of their proximity to these other institutions, that somehow implies legitimacy like those other institutions have. And they just, they spent all of their energy manufacturing the, the veneer of legitimacy and spent all of their, all of their time and energy doing that as opposed to actually creating something that could do what they wanted it to do. In fact, I think they knew that they couldn't do what they wanted to do within the financial constraints that they had within like they weren't capable of achieving it the right way. And so they had to, they, and they weren't going to not do it. Right. So they had to manufacture all of this legitimacy in order to essentially trick people into going along with it. Rush tricked himself too. Yeah, like he, he sure did. He, he tricked himself. Because he's dead now. I mean, like, right. he, he, like you said, unless he had a death wish, he must have believed that he was going to be okay because he went down. He went down multiple times. Multiple times. You know, it's nuts to me that um, P.H. Narjale and uh, Hamish, Harding. Hamish Harding went because those were people who have actually experienced... Um, and moved through requirements, certifications, best practices, have a ton of experience. And it just seems to me as though they were sort of uh, solicited as like, you know, the Judas cow that leads the other cows to slaughter because it acts real calm and like everything's okay. And like Paige Nargjole was quoted as saying, you know, like I was skeptical of it when I saw it, but then Stockton called me and he, had, we had a phone call and now I think everything is okay. You know, the, I'm paraphrasing, sure. but I was like, well, he must have offered you something that you couldn't turn down in that fucking phone call because right. as a person who was a professional diver for their entire life, sub-pilot. a sub pilot, you have no excuse. You know what it takes to be able to monitor right. what's going on. And none of that was present on this submersible. No. And even if every, let's, let's say none of what we just said was true and that everything was perfect engineering wise on mm-hmm. that whole. Yeah. And the material science was all nailed down, buttoned up. Beautiful. Subs that go down to the Titanic Subs generally mm-hmm. don't have too many things hanging off of them. They're smooth on the They're outside. smooth on the outside because one of the, you know, when you're going to like just the bottom of the ocean to study the wildlife down there, yeah. you're, that's like over the floor and it's not, you're not really going to get tangled up on something generally. Mm-hmm. But when you're going to a shipwreck, yeah, right, there's just, it's just debris everywhere. Right. Like sharp corners. Yeah. Ragged ears, stuff. Ragged stuff. Stuff. You know, uh, above you, that's like hanging out, like yeah. tons and tons of steel. Yep. There's like vertical, like there's like a a building. It's a building. Yeah. It's a ten story building you're next to. Right, right. That could tip. That could shift or railing. Yeah. There's like uh, bad visibility. Yep. Yeah. Right. You can't see very much. It's very pitch far. Dark it's, down there. It's no light. <laughs> there's no yeah. light except for what you bring, yeah. and it doesn't penetrate. No, it's dark. It's real dark. And so you can't see. And so like you try and make your sub not smooth and so it won't catch on stuff. And this thing 
Had was just raggedy ass cords, cords, and all kinds and of like the, its landing gear were could get hung. Uh-huh. Like that thing was a was like it's gonna get hung up on something, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, okay, but or something's gonna fall right. off or get knocked off or. So yeah, it's like, I mean, those two ought to be able, should be able, like they have been to places. It's like they, this should have been an obvious, again, like an obvious non-starter. Like, right. well, how do you expect to navigate? Like the, this brings us to another conversation about the moving around of the sub, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it, it's not, it, you don't have a lot of precision and accuracy when you're piloting one of those things through like this extra deep water in the mm-hmm. dark at like speeds that are not super rapid. Like right. you're just kind of like muddling around. And so <laughs> that, that's even more reason why you don't want this shit hanging off the outside. Like this little submarine that they're not, it wasn't a submarine. It was a submersible. submersible. They're different things. This little submersible that they created that was the size of a fucking minivan or whatever on the inside was not like highly technical. No. The way that they maneuvered the craft around was not high tech. No. They they had to like drop it off the back of a boat on a sled, sink it, mm-hmm. remove it from the sled, and then let it sink under its own weight towards the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And uh it wasn't it Stockton Rush bragged about how there was one button inside yeah. mm-hmm. so like you you see images of the inside of the submersible and it's just a black tube yeah with a a flat platform inset so that there's a a quote unquote floor and everybody who rides in this submersible just sits on the floor mm-hmm. there's no harnesses there's no seat belts there's no seats there's just a bunch of people in their socks sitting cross-legged on the floor like it's kindergarten and on one wall of the sub on one of the ends Mm -hmm. near the end cap up on the wall is this like green glowing button like you'd see to summon an elevator in an elevator lobby and when pressed about this like what's up with this elevator button like stockton rush flippantly explains that like you don't need complex controls in a submersible. You're just going down and back up again. That's why there's only one button. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was just elevator like, controls, just like yeah, up or down, down and down and up. Right. Yep. And I, I just thought like, like you've got to be fucking kidding me. That, yeah. like, I don't know what was. I think I, it was crazy to me that like there was this button, and then it was even crazier to me that like, oh, he's serious. Mm. Like, he's actually fucking, he's not telling a joke. Like, he's serious. Like, this is just some, like, weird mass-produced button, elevator button that he, like, wired into the side of this submersible. This is one of those areas where I think it's, this is so, this is, to me, very weird. The internals, right? Right. Yes. Like, the the glass cockpit idea, right? So, uh-huh. that's, like, very, getting more and more common in aviation. aerospace and yep. aviation. You know, you look at the SpaceX Crew Dragon, it's like very minimal physical controls and mostly on a screen, mm-hmm. you know, and that seems to be working. But, and they could probably have gotten gotten away with that just fine in this sub. But one of the things that I saw someone who 
uh, an expert in the field just showed a picture like oh he, they're using all off the shelf parts yeah none of this stuff has been certified and so you got that button mm-hmm. the screens mm-hmm. the controller yeah the he iPads was, yeah. yes everything all that stuff none of that's been certified for these kinds of extreme environments and and everyone's like well, what was that you know I don't know people like well you know it's it's it it's they they talk up people or they talk about uh ocean gate talks about how oh well you know it's we they've made thousands or millions of these things these so have been got road tested by people road-tested. in the field they're right. they're you know right. these are are well tested well worn uh products that have been around and people have been using them for years and you can right. just go buy them off the shelf and they have all this like manufacturing i got and, a pile yeah. of broken ass fucking cheap shit laying in my back right. you know in my yeah. back hall that's like begs to differ you know what right. I mean? well, like, I, and i think that it, it is like where he, he didn't understand what he was doing because the issue and he should because aerospace has the same problem yeah right freaking fire yes and like this guy was like just one freeze frame from this thing was like fire hazard, fire hazard, fire hazard, fire yeah, hazard, fire hazard, like fire a, hazard. A snapshot of the like, inside of the submersible. Yeah. We can have those things in our houses because if so, it catches on fire, we could probably put it out. We've or got, just we can go, just go outside. outside. <laughs> we can just go outside. Go outside. Yeah. Where we can air. leave. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. There's, yeah. there's escape. Escape. Uh-huh. They're not points of but egress. Like in a in a in a sub. In a plane, yeah. In a spacecraft, yeah. You can't escape. Fire is the worst. Yeah, the worst possible thing that could happen. And you, and like, especially after the Apollo One fire, mm-hmm. like NASA got real. Like Boeing Starliner is now indefinitely delayed because one one reason is because they've determined that in cer- certain conditions that can happen in space, the the wrap that they used all throughout the spacecraft is flammable. Oh, my God. So it's a death trap. So it's, yes, the Starliner currently is, is a potential death trap, right. fire death trap. Yeah. Right. And so, like, they're stopping that whole thing in, re, in reevaluating and what are they going to do about this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because it is such a problem. Yeah. And he just doesn't seem to care. Right. Which right. may, it's like, and that is something an aerospace engineer should be aware of. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is what I mean. Like, there's no excuse. Like, this is willfully disregarding what is totally non-controversial science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the type of thing where ignoring it ensures your own demise. Right. And so it becomes very confusing as to why someone who, for all intents and purposes, on many levels, should know better, persisted regardless. So... Listen, listen to that. Like, I feel like this speaks to us. So this is a um, reading from the Titan submersible entry in Wikipedia article. Okay. In May 2021, television host Josh Gates and camera operator Brian Weed did a Titan test dive in Puget Sound. The dive was aborted due to multiple technical issues, reaching a depth of only 30 meters. During Gates and Weed's dive, communications were lost, the propulsion system encountered errors, and the computers on the submersible stopped working. Rush tried to reboot the submersible using its touchscreen, but it was unable to. Gates and Weed declined Ocean's Gates' invitation to take part in a Titanic expedition, which began a month later. Mm-hmm. I, I just, it, it, it is, it kind of speaks to how they were, they were kind of hustling these people into it because of the entry before that, right. there was a, 
in the spring of 2021, one passenger did a test dive in Titan to a depth of 500 meters. Um, the passenger said the test dive went well and was satisfied with the safety of the submersible, and he applied for a spot on the Titanic exp- expedition and participated in Ocean Gate Titanic expedition mm-hmm. later that year. So it's like, it, it just it just sounds like it was like they were just trying to find people who were willing to pay money to do this thing. Yes. And, and like some people were like, fuck no. And some people were, and then other people was like, yep, we got you because yeah. you don't know enough. So, right. I think they changed their tactic too. Like, I think they went from trying to seduce people who uh, are experts and who would want to do something like this, who very obviously from the start were like, well, this is, there's no way I'm doing this with you. And, and they just kept getting told over and over again, this isn't going to work. You're going to kill people. I feel like they shifted their attention to marketing as opposed to research and development because they were getting loud and clear messaging from people in research and development that this wasn't going to work, including people working for the company who ended up filing like whistleblower reports Mm -hmm. because they raised issues around safety and were summarily fired uh, like immediately. Well, and And can sent no letters to the, uh, to officials and who got it to the coast guard Mm -hmm. and the coast guard declined to follow up on it. Right. And, and then they went ocean gate began aggressively pursuing and attempting to recruit famous people, just famous people, influencers, influencers. Um, and a lot of them were like unwilling. And I, I, it's, that seems to be the case because eventually they had to resort to just chasing down people with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And when those people were hesitant, they were like, what if we make it even cheaper? Right. So they had already like decommissioned the price to some extent in order to get people to go on it. Right. You know, and I just feel like they, they made all of these half measures and they focused so much on, again, the veneer of suitability and legitimacy. Um, and they yeah. turned it into like, a you know, uh, rather than focusing on scientific or research aspects and trying to butter their bread with people doing trips down for science, they were like, we got to go after people who are just going to pay for this as an experience. Right. And I think that's how they managed to go so many times, even though they had near catastrophic failures on multiple occasions like this is the thing, right? They weren't doing great. And then something went wrong. Mm-hmm. They were never doing great. They never yeah. ever once got to the point where their craft met certifications, followed best practices, were made out of suitable materials, were rated for the depth they went to, didn't have problems with the communications or the, or the propulsion or whatever else. Like there were always, always, always problems. Yes. And those problems were never resolved before they started taking people's money on yeah. on tourism trips. And that brings me to the issue of uh hiring people who won't critique you and right. and bringing people on the sub for paying rides who won't know any better to point out the dangers. Or they go I think they like the woman, I believe she was Iranian who 
Uh, oh, the one who was desperate to des- see the Titanic. Just like ever since she was a little girl, like in love with the Titanic and was like in tears mm-hmm. about like going to see the Titanic. And it's like, there are some people out there who just get obsessed. Mm-hmm. And that makes them easy targets. Right. And they, they are going to be, yeah, 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 fine. Whatever. I'll sign whatever. Which brings like, you know, um, yeah, like hiring, you know, like you were saying, you know, <laughs> I don't care who you hire. Uh, you know, oh, you say it's good. Good. Let's go. Right. right. They, they hired people, um, who right out of college. didn't know the difference and didn't maybe understand why these things are known to be impossibilities. Why right. they didn't know better. And because of their naivete or inexperience, or ignorance were believed this megalomaniac Stockton rush when he was like, those guys don't know what they're talking about. Those engineers are full of shit. They just think inside the box and to everyone inside the box, any new idea outside the box, it looks crazy. And, and no matter what, they're just going to shit talk us because we're going to do something they can't do. And we're doing something that's never been done before. And so everybody's going to be a mm-hmm. naysayer because they think it can't be done, but they're wrong. Right. And, and, uh, the one of the um, submarine mar- submariners that we were watching, who was talking about um, some of the aspects of the design and the operation of this submersible and stuff, said that they had a cultural problem at Ocean Gate because they didn't want to hire experts because they didn't feel that experts were. Um, inspiring. inspiring enough to the next mm-hmm. generation of people who would work for them. Yeah. And another way that you can phrase that is to say that all of the experts unanimously agreed that your ideas were dangerous bullshit right. and refused to work with you. And the only people who would work with you were people who you exploited either their ignorance or their um, like aspirations or their desperation or their desperation and you hired them because you knew that they wouldn't be able to do anything about the fact that you weren't doing They're, it right. Right. Yeah. And they just so desperately wanted to be on the project. Yeah. What Scott, what Rush said was, you know, that everybody in the industry will tell you that, oh, you got to hire the experts. And he's like, mm-hmm. if I go out and hire people with experience and experts, you know, former military, I'm just going to end up with a bunch of 50 year old white guys. And that's not going to inspire anybody. Sure. And so, like, and that you know, Mariner said, okay, fair. Like, fair. Yeah, yeah, I I can accept that I, as a, like, middle-aged, kind of dorky submarine white guy, guy military yeah. guy, like, I'm not maybe the most inspiring person to, like, the next generation. But, like, you have to have someone who actually knows what they're doing. Right. right. At least right. a couple. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, you bring in young people, but you got to have someone to guide them and mentor them and train them and try or, to do uh, this like, thing properly. Like, I, I, I think what we're arguing for is like, don't just disregard your historical ties right. or like not historical ties. Don't disregard the, the knowledge and learning that came from past mistakes just because it's like, you know, socially mm-hmm. unex- or it's not even socially unacceptable no. just because it's like steeped in, in white guy race, you know, bullshit, yeah. like sexism and racism, all the, the like, don't let that get in the way of it. 
Right. Like the fact that well, it, the culture that produced the thing, the in the data, the knowledge, the like expertise right. is like sexist and like steeped in sexism doesn't change the truth value of the factualness of sure. the science yeah. and the engineering or, behind or it. Or fucking right. question it, but know what it is. Sure. Right. Be critical of yeah. of the culture, but right. also recognize that like there's value in there's, experience. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, I mean and and it's not that college you know, fresh, fresh college grads can't nope. do amazing things. Cause we went to the moon with yep. a bunch of yeah. freaking college, but I also just think, grads. I think that that argument is, is disingenuous. I think it's not, yeah. I don't think he actually really cared no. about no. being no, inspiring me, to diverse yeah, people. Like that seems right. like a throwaway thing you say to justify something else you're doing because yep. like, yeah. it's not, you know, you could also have done that and still leaned on the knowledge and get like, don't hire those fuckers. Like a lot of that information is still there. Look, I right. expect the charlatan to throw me, throw do throwaway bullshit lines. But yeah. what's frustrating is how many people were like, Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. And we're yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to get on that thing. Yeah, that's right. Inspire me. Yeah. Oh, I'm, well, I'm inspired to get on your sub now. That's, I like, think that's what really <clears throat> bothers me about this is how, how hard it is to appreciate the the danger yeah yeah and how successful he was or they were in roping people into this yeah because as we read these accounts it's like some people were like fuck no right at the face of it because they already understood yeah some people were like learned about it and were like fuck no this is insane some people were like like we've talked about in the industry were just like nope nope like you're gonna kill somebody and wrote i mean there's lots of there's lots of references to this in the wikipedia article about uh, yes, people a, getting a fired preponderance like, of people like yeah. so many people and were like so, this is going to be bad for these specific reasons and it's going to fail in these specific ways the right. tragedy to me or the sadness of it is like that that people got sucked into it yep. because they like it preys on people's ignorance right and it's right. totally praying which yeah. is how we which is why we said there's no possible way that the people who agreed to go on this had that their uh, their, their informed consent had been obtained mm -hmm. ahead of time and it they wanted to give the impression that their informed consent had been obtained ahead of time mm -hmm. because they the ocean gate folks provided a bullshit liability waiver to right. people at the last minute minute that so, is the trick Right, so yeah, all the all that stuff you don't know anything about this ship. If you're a, a, a paying customer, a, a customer, which they didn't call them customers, they call them crew members because they think that's going to protect. Yes, them legally. Uh, they were called uh, mission mission, specialists. mission mission specialists. Right, right. Yep. And so they get these people on the boat, that then show them the sub, right, mm -hmm. and then take them on a boat two days out into the ocean, right. And then give them a waiver to sign. Right. And at this point, people have already paid their money. Right. So you pay, you pay your money up front. Right. Then you get to go out on the boat. And right. that's when they're like, okay, so here's this submersible thing. And over the next few days, every half hour, we're going to have a crew meeting or whatever. And right. go over yeah, some other thing. Day, yeah. And so for like two days. So that's all the training anybody got. Well, which, so they're supposed to be, you know, they're called Ocean Gate insists upon calling them crew members as if they have some like agency and what's right. about to happen agency sitting in the middle of a tin can with a single button on the wall you tell me how that's agency right mm -hmm. so they're allegedly like fully entering into an agreement to be an active participant in this and therefore right. waving waving the liability right. of the 
the parent company Ocean Gate and and saying, you know, like we're absolving you ahead of time of any wrongdoing because we're undertaking this of our own accord and right. we know what the risks are and all of these things. And they didn't. And it's, well, they're basically saying, hey, if you, it's on you if you get into this thing. But they also didn't provide any resources for them ahead of time ahead of time so that they could actually do any kind of homework and decide for themselves if they wanted to do that that certain some people did because you know they understood like this is a dangerous thing and i want to try and understand and they didn't get on the boat right they didn't get on the sub uh but like so like that cbs like we knew i knew it was a problem from the very first video we watched on it Mm mm-hmm which was at CBS Sunday morning right? from last year. Yeah, from 2022. Because I was like, oh, we should watch this. That was the video that got us sucked down the rabbit hole. Oh. Yes, it's the one <laughs> yeah. that made because, us realize, we like, like, oh, my, oh my God, God this what? is a huge scandal. Look mm-hmm. at that thing. I wouldn't, gate, on, gate. I wouldn't get it's on a, that it's thing. It's Ocean Gate Gate. Yeah. And I saw the thing. I said, oh, they're dead. Yeah. Yeah, Damon called it right away. He's like, oh, those people are dead. It imploded on them. Yeah. I, I like, I immediately was like, oh, the the search is pointless. Yeah. Right. And that brings up another angle of the like ethical problems with all of this, which is to say that like pretty surely it was known that they were in severe distress and then they lost comms and they never resurfaced and they couldn't get a hold of them. And yet for four days, various people and uh, like on the boat and in the coast guard and in the news outlets and other people who knew people on the sub and other people who knew people who knew people on the sub and things like that. Anybody who had anything to say about this got on television and talked about how they have 96 hours of oxygen, which nobody tested. Mm -hmm. And they have like all these people with expertise on the sub. So surely they're going to think of a clever way to MacGyver out of it. And maybe they're just down they're bobbing around maybe they've resurfaced and they can't get out which like this is another funny thing maybe they're entangled maybe they're entangled at the bottom of the ocean and can't resurface so there was like a possibility or the general public was led to believe that there might be a possibility that these people had like floated up to the top of the ocean Mm -hmm. were on the surface trapped in a sub with no point of egress because you have to be unbolted from the outside Mm -hmm. and they might just be stuck in there running out of air and they led people to believe that that might be a possibility they led people to think that there were people inside of the sub banging on it and that banging noises they heard and picked up in these like microphones Mm -hmm. that they have out in the ocean were indicative that maybe they were still alive and signaling for help when like all of this stuff was literally impossible and basically a bunch of people knew it but because all of the equipment necessary to confirm that there was a catastrophic failure was halfway around the world and it took a long time to haul it there and there's not very much of it that can go down there and all this stuff it took four days for them to assemble the necessary and get it out there gear and get right. it out there to go down and be like, Oh yep, There it is down there. We see it right. in pieces. They had to get it up to, to, to St. John's uh-huh. in Newfoundland. Yeah. Right. They had to, that took days. Then they, then when they got on a boat, they got to get it out there. Yeah. They needed a boat that could, with, with a, with a big giant wheel on it with a tether. So that comes back to something else that everybody like. So Stockton rush said, in a blog post, this is an official blog post from OceanGate, written uh-huh. by Stockton Rush, where he, where he directly addresses the issue of 
of OceanGate not seeking classification of the submarine. Now, classification in the, in submersibles is basically another word for classification, for certification. 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 Yeah. So uh, that's what they call certification here. And so they weren't going to go for that because all it really does is, is um, what did he say? All it really does is, is say that the sub is safe. But most almost all the accidents or incidents have to do with human pilot error right. and nothing to do with the sub and nothing to do with the sub. Right. And it's like, and so the because they're classified there. and operated within their classification right. ratings. Oh, sorry. That's not what he said. Keep right. going. Right. Yeah. right. Right. So uh, he, so he goes, His, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, so they go with like we put effort like we follow like NASA procedures with like checklists and things, which I think was just like legitimacy theater. Right. Yes. It was the manufacturing of legitimacy. Right. And so like which the whole thing was stupid to be on its face because like yeah, okay, well you need to certify like the sub is good, like regardless. Like we wouldn't have had like that kind of record you're talking about if the subs weren't solid right but you can certainly make something that isn't going to work down there so it's worth making sure that's right and perhaps you are correct and there do need to be other certifications for around like your safety protocols maybe there should be you know a, a third party review of your procedures and your and all of that right, right? maybe that needs to be done In as addition. well but it's not like you can just ignore one for the other right mm -hmm. Yeah, and his whole thing, because he's an egomaniac, was an egomaniac, right. is uh, that the sub doesn't need to be certified as long as you have a good sub pilot. And since he was the sub pilot, nobody had anything to worry about. Right. Which there were other sub pilots. So, like, that doesn't even hold up if that's his logic was his logic right well that was the implication right. i'll be your pilot so we don't need certification because right. i'm here and right. i'm not gonna fuck up right because i'm magic or whatever i'm an egomaniac so yeah he and just because you have a checklist doesn't mean the right things are on your checklist right so they 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 bombard you get on this boat you're bombarded with these trainings which if you don't know what you're doing maybe feel like they're doing something maybe maybe they were maybe they you know they weren't we don't really know right like i would love but to like, know what the procedures you, were, were like <laughs> Were they basically doing the equivalent of like a nuclear duck in cover? Like, right. well, here's what we're going to do if we hear cracking in the sub. Right. Or even just a checklist to like to make sure like you're going to to get it out, to get lower it, to, to just to do all of the steps. Not even like like emergency checklists. Yeah. But like, like, were those good checklists? Yeah. What was it? Was it the checklist for how to change a poopy diaper? Mm hmm. Right. I you mean, know, you know, like what was missing? We need a relevant checklist. If it's an aeronautics, like if it's the checklist that a pilot goes through before they take off in an aircraft, you follow a procedure every single time to make sure you don't forget something and accidentally kill yourself, right? right. But that Oops. fucking airplane checklist isn't going to do you any good in a submersible. So what was on that checklist? Again, non transferability. Right. Um, yeah, there was like the checklist, there was, uh, like there was a, 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 another thing that I found like almost unbelievably uh, egregious mm -hmm. was 
their approach to uh, implementing a ballast system on the submersible. Mm -hmm. This to me is like, uh, like I have a hard time wrapping my mind around how obviously bad this is just like how incredibly stupid this is. So in order for the submersible to sink, it has to be weighed down and for it to come back up again, you got to drop a bunch of weight off so that it, Mm-hmm. floats back up and weighs less than it took to sink it mm-hmm. and you become more buoyant. And so like lots of submersibles have, I don't know, lots of different ways of doing this. Like James Cameron's submersible that he took all the way down to challenger deep had like, it was, ba- it was kind of like buckshot or well, like little mo- ball bearings. He had, he had tr- what they call trim shot, which is little bitty ball bearings that they could use to like, Slightly adjust things. Yeah, and then just a at, little bit. At like as on descent, you, you wanted to slow down as he approached the bottom. Right. So he'd let off some of that trim shot to slow his descent. Right. But when he was done, he like dropped, dropped his weights. dropped his big weights. Yeah. That that were custom. Like you could tell they were custom, like molded and formed for that sub in a very like particular way mm-hmm. that drops them and up they come. Right. So what uh, these things are pretty important. This uh, mm-hmm. the ballast function is like integral to the entire thing. Like mm-hmm. you gotta have this right, right? So much in the same way that Stockton Rush was like, "Oh, uh, I'm amazing because I got this great deal on this expired carbon fiber from Boeing." Right. He, in terms of the ballast, one of the most important functions on the submersible, they used old construction equipment and discarded pipes mm-hmm. so, as their ballast system. And right. then they would use controls in the submersible to roll. No, they moved people to one side. Oh, they just shifted people. They shifted like, the weight. They didn't weight. even use a control. They just were like, everybody to the right side. So it would lean over. All their so, blood. Yeah. So I was thinking about this because, Damon, when you brought this up before, you'd kind of mentioned that, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily outside the bounds of like a feasible solution, understandably. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, how do you source this weight material? One thing that occurred to me later that we were discussing is like, um, you know, maybe one of the bad, like one of the reasons this isn't necessarily a good idea is if you have really oddly shaped ballast objects, that the same kind of entanglement problem might happen. But this, but even beyond that, there's no fucking standardization with discarded no, pipes. No, no, no. Of course not. I'm just saying, like on top of. Yeah. I'm not. It's like it. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of value yeah. in having a really well regulated object that's of a exactly. certain weight that you can control exactly and manipulate very point. specifically. Yeah. Like it strikes me as like, you know, Hey, I'm going to do a, you, you need know, reliability. You need something that's been tested rigorously. Right. So, you know, with an extreme predictability, what it's, it's going to do right. and how it's going to behave when you employ it or deploy yeah. it. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like kind of the ones on Cameron's, like you were saying about entanglement, yeah. his were up inside the outer shell, right? The smooth the shell, smooth shell. Yeah. And then they, they had it on video and you yep. could see like they dropped from within. Right. So that it would and, free and the and vessel and to and go it, up. Yeah. Up he goes. Right? right. So like 
Oh, very also, well thought out. You can see. You, you could just tell by because of the way it is. Because of the way it is. You right. can tell like, because of the way it is. See, yeah. Oh, right. I understand. It's very clear. Precision is important here. Accuracy yeah. is important think, here. Leaving it up to chance with some like falling apart. Also, one could argue it's like if you want to do the, the janky ass like scrap metal dump maneuver, like all of that could be verified through testing as a valid reason. But since there sure. was no testing, all we can do is speculate about how dumb it is. Right. right. Like there's, it doesn't really matter because it hasn't right. been tested, sure. which makes the whole thing stupid. Yes. Right. Again, we're just back to this being an obvious non-starter. Like, right. you know, sure. That sounds like an interesting idea. How'd you test it? Oh, you didn't test it. Right. Then it doesn't matter. Then nothing like, matters. If you you, we can it. all be admirable of you coming up with a way to both save money and reuse materials and do all of these things. And like, yeah, sure. It might be a totally cool way to do it. Right. Right. But prove it and not by killing people. Right. Right. <laughs> God damn it. Right. Oh, I don't know. My Maybe God. that would be my. So, yeah. Sorry. Please. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I. One thing I wanted to point out was back on the legitimacy theater, the safety. Yes. Theater, yeah. yeah. Is they put a bunch of effort into these checklists and things, but the like they but, did a single sub dive. They didn't have a, a, a remote with an ROV or remotely operated vehicle on board. Mm-hmm to go down at the same time, maybe even controlled by the sub itself. Mm-hmm. Like that is another thing. It's like, I feel like they did the thing that, you know, that looks like the, oh, veneer. These, the veneer, but like the real things it's like, no, in order to not really have safety, you needed a second vehicle, whether that's, you know, remotely operated or whether it's another crude vehicle mm-hmm. so that you can help each other in these, in, in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's these it's these weird like partial measures that they did. They they mm-hmm. they they're trying to do something super cut rate. Yes. And they they didn't they didn't do a very good job of going about it. No, they didn't. Not at all. Um they he Stockton Rush treated this endeavor with a complete lack of seriousness. Yeah. And I I think that the the complete lack of seriousness is the thing that jumped out at me immediately and why I was like, "Oh, I can't believe anybody bought this for even a second." Like just the complete and utter lack of seriousness and respect that he had for the subject. Yeah. Uh is just crazy to me. Um just uh, yeah. totally nuts. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's the, they also, I remember in one of the many, many videos we watched because the more we learned, the more horrible the facts were. And from an ethics standpoint, the more like revive, like repulsed I became because it was just so vile, you know? Uh, and like, uh, I, I just couldn't believe like how disingenuous they were and how, how willing they were at ocean gate to um, insist on this culture of safety. Like they even, they even used the phrase safety culture Mm -hmm. or culture of safety in one of the videos where Stockton was talking. And I thought like, how fucking dare you? Because a safety culture is one in which people are encouraged to speak up and are not punished when they point out that something is not working. Right. Not a culture in which, a person says, hey, this may be unsafe and then gets immediately fired. 
Yeah. Yeah. So but that is the opposite, literally the opposite, opposite of, of a safety, safety culture. culture. So the Wikipedia article, just to back that up with some facts, uh, David Lockridge, Ocean Gate Director mm-hmm. of Marine Operations, inspected Titan as it was being handed over from engineering to operations and filed a quality control report in January of 2018 in which he stated that no destructive testing of the carbon fiber hull had taken place to check for voids and delamination, which would compromise hull strength. So this is from the Wikipedia article mm-hmm. um, on the Titan submersible. So um, he, so to kind of paraphrase, um, the day after he filed his report, he was summoned to a meeting in which he was told the acrylic window was only rated to 1,300 meters mm-hmm. depth because Ocean Gate could not fund the design of a window rated to 4,000 meters. Right. So rather than saying, oh, we can't afford this, we're going to have to think of something else, we can't do this mission, they were like, nope, we're going to take the thing we can't afford and we're just going to put everybody at risk in the res- as a result. Right. So Lockridge was also told by Ocean Gate or to- was told that Ocean Gate would rely on the real-time acoustic monitoring like we talked about. Oh, I don't think we did we talk about, about that, that yet. Okay, so we'll get to that. But he, uh, so uh, he would, the Ocean Gate would rely on the uh, real-time acoustic monitoring, which he felt would not warn the crew of potential failure with a sufficient time to safely abort the mission and evacuate. Mm-hmm. So he's saying all these things. So after he goes to this mis- meeting, um, he reiterated his concerns and added he would refuse to allow crude testing without a whole scan. Lockridge was dismissed from his position as a result. OceanGate filed a lawsuit against Lockridge that June, accusing him of improper sharing proprietary trade secrets and fraudulently manufacturing a reason to dismiss him. The suit was settled in November of 2018. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, like, yeah. not only did they fire him, but then they sued him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Th- literally the opposite and of he countersued them. So yeah, the- so this real time monitoring system. Yes. That dumb thing. Yeah. So this is this also was another huge one that jumped out at me as to like just the utter unseriousness of the approach that they were taking to this whole mm-hmm. project. Um, they said that they had something like twenty sensors or like something, something some, like that. Some number of mysterious sensors on this on board this uh the submersible, the Titan submersible, that were acoustic sensors. And their whole like functionality was that if they if they acoustically acoustically detected some kind of a problem with the hull, like a fracture or cracking or whatever, that that would be their primary alert that something was amiss. Right. Like, oh, we'll know if something's wrong because we'll hear it breaking apart is essentially like well, how that I, was supposed well, to work. I think what they were saying is is – the, the acoustic monitoring should be able to detect even the slightest cracking as opposed to like what we might be able to hear with our ears. And I think this comes into play quite interestingly in this alleged transcript that has been leaked. Right. There was a leaked transcript that allegedly details the final the, communications it, between the submersible and the ship that hauled it out, the right, support ship. The support ship. And no one has verified it, um, but if we take it at, at face value, um, it seems that like I maybe like you what you were saying is like those pipes are not built to specification, right? So we watched a video with a 
with a with a under uh, undersea expert mm-hmm. where you know doing the math and like this thing is supposed to take two and a half hours to drop thirty eight hundred meters, yeah. so it mm-hmm. should go down at this rate. And then so reading this transcript where they're saying here's our depth at what time mm-hmm. you, can like, you can work out you can work out that the rate and they're descent. way deeper than they should have been at all of their call ins. Not only that, it kept accelerating. Mm-hmm. The gap got bigger and bigger and so bigger. They were to going the point down faster and faster and faster. At the, the near like one of their like like when they got down to like roughly three thousand meters, they were a thousand meters deeper than they should have been according to, according oh, to yes. their own timeline. Right, yeah. right. So, does that mean that? They when they put those pipes together, they were heavier than they should have been. Right, sure. Right, right. And yeah, so what is should have been? There was never any testing. They never established what should have been, been is. There were no benchmarks. So who the fuck knows? Right, and there was no like like you can have like big big honking things, but like you're everybody weighs a little bit different, mm-hmm. which ma- right. which matters. So like they didn't have any like trim shot or anything where they could. Like let off incrementally let off to balance the ship for right. the people who were on it mm-hmm. during that particular right. dive. Right. right. And and so like I'm my question is, was that because the weights were heavier than they should have been? Uh-huh. Or did they not weld them properly and those weights filled up like the pipes filled up with water? Uh-huh. Right. Did something else on the sub start to leak and fill up with water? Uh-huh. That maybe wasn't the pressure vessel initially, right? Or they waited at a time like right. like maybe somebody was like, "Well, this will fill up with water, but it won't matter." But then when they right. were taking the weights, they were weighing it like at the dry weight, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like right. this is the whole point we're making here. Like, if you don't monitor, record, and test these things, you mm-hmm. have no standards to follow. Right. So there's no telling what's going to happen. Right. You're just winging it every mm-hmm. time. And so it. It also makes me think something that may not be obvious, but like, you know, if you're a scuba diver, you know, the rate at which you descend and ascend are important. Mm-hmm. Yes. And even though in a submersible or a submarine, you don't have the, you, it, they operate at, at an atmosphere, just mm-hmm. like, just like us standing here on the surface, one atmosphere. Right. But the pressure still matters like yes. on the, on the structure or integrity of the thing. So it's like you drop this thing like way faster than it should. And it's in it. You're ramping up the pressure on it much faster. That curve, right. that curve is much higher as opposed to coming down slowly and gradually letting that pressure build and mm-hmm. letting the structure, you know, that could have been a thing that was a problem that, that, well, we're, that might've been why it failed this time. Because it went down too fast, mm-hmm. and it could the the hole couldn't handle the delta, the rapid change right. of the mm-hmm. pressure over a short you know over that dis over that time period. Right, it went just too fast. That could be a way that it failed. Sure, and I think like just to beat the dead horse of the acoustic s- sensing system. Right. Uh, when we talked a little bit earlier, when we were talking about like what it would take to cause a catastrophic failure of the hull, it's a, a hole that's microscopic mm-hmm. because the pressure is so extreme that a hole big enough for tiny, just uh, several molecules of water to come through, those molecules would be forced through that tiny opening, that tiny fissure or crack or whatever it is, 
so with such force that it becomes essentially like a like mm-hmm. a laser beam like yeah, it will cut it's, through it's a cutter. It, it whatever be, gets in front of it so it just, will cut through bodies it will cut through metal. metal it'll cut through the other side of the hole the other side of yes. the hole i mean through the edges of the hole that it's pouring through, through like yeah. and just get making it bigger and, and making the hole faster bigger and, and, and like, this happens so rapidly that the idea that any any like oh we heard something amiss and then you could have time to do something about it right. would be ve- like heard in quotation marks right like our acoustic system sensed a problem it's like well if that's true all of the physics suggests that you wouldn't have time to respond to that period. Right. But if this transcript is correct, they may have heard cracking much like other people in previous endeavors with this thing had heard and survived to tell the tale. And, and they may have known that there was a problem and they may have been trying to get back up for right. some time and may have been aware. If, if, if the transcript is real, they state that the, Real-time monitoring system was blinking red, just all across the board. all across the board. All of all one board and of it. On they the- were reporting hearing noises, mm-hmm. and they dropped ballast, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they weren't rising. They, they were rising dropped, very slowly, and then they dropped the landing their landing gear. gear, right? And they and they were not rising very quickly at all. Like they sank real fast, but when they started dropping ballast and trying to come up, it was like not responding the way they expected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They could not get a good rate of ascent, which makes me think something somewhere was taking on, on water. water. Yeah. Maybe uh, like they had under the, so you had the, the, the hole yep. mm-hmm. inside the hole. You had an insert. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a, liner. a liner inside, and then you had this kind of, uh, I don't know if it was metal or if it was some kind of plastic, like, cowling outside the mm-hmm. hole. The white. The white stuff. Stuff that you see and with it, the Ocean Gate logo on it. And it, it covered up equipment and things. Right. And one mm-hmm. piece of equipment was, like, a air bladder, like a, like a fabric mm-hmm. air bladder that they could fill up with air as a part of one of their emergency, like, lift mm-hmm. options. I wonder if something like that got water in it and that instead of being full of air, it ended up being full of water. Yeah. Right. 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 Cause it is on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not in the side, of the pressure vessel. So right. we even had that. Right. Yeah. And so they, maybe it was a con, a confounding of multiple factors. Sure. Maybe, maybe water got in those things, causing them to sink faster, right. yeah. which caused more stress on the thing. And then when they try to drop ballast, well now they're way heavier. Right. Cause of all this extra water they've mm. got. Yeah. And, and they yeah. could not get out of that danger zone fast enough. Yeah. I mean, it could be so many things. So many things. Like, and if uh, it'll be interesting to see what they're even able to deduce, because again, if they don't know how the sub is supposed to behave under optimal conditions, then they're not necessarily right. going to be able to tell what didn't behave normally because there was no normal ever established. Yeah, there's no definition of normal. It's so wild. I just like when we first started watching this, I thought like, what must have gone wrong? Right. Like I thought what terrible weird thing malfunctioned. Right. And then what I came to very like everything we learned just confirmed further and further down the rabbit hole that like none of it ever really worked 
the right, way right. that they intended it to work. And it wasn't like they were cruising at a hundred percent and the, and the, the, the 1% of the time they failed. It was like, no, they were failing all of the time in right. slow motion mm-hmm. yeah. and persisted anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. There, uh, there's a few like things about that. I think that like all these subs fail. Cause they're all like, they all have these little malfunctions and failures on every single dive because yep. they're all bespoke one off right. creations. Right. Um, it's just a matter of, you're literally trying to get it right on the first try. There's not like, right. At, at some point, somebody was doing this for the first time yeah, right? yeah. and it's, it wasn't that long ago. And, but, and like the, you know, like we were talking about, like building on the experience of people before them, like when you, when you look at some of the James Cameron interviews, mm-hmm. like he's talking about how like his designs came from like every bit of like historical support he could right. get. Right. Where it was like, it wasn't just like, I'm going to try something new. He's like, I want to like find right. out what, what has been the best. Yeah. And iterate in a way that is like right. r- makes sense as opposed to just like everything you read about the Ocean Gate submersible, the Titan is around the idea of like, how am I going to make money doing this, taking passengers yeah. down there on a tourist visit? And so, of course, we can't use the normal designs because they're all designed around the idea of maximizing safety for like a very small crew. Right, one to three people. One to yeah. three people, depending on the sub. The sub, yeah, and really like, and anything beyond that yeah. is just shown to be like very difficult to like. They're just like, right. no, that's nonsense. And I want to point out, James Cameron's deep sea challenge sub, yeah, was uncertified, un unclassed, unclassed, right, right, yeah. Um, but th- I think they probably could have gotten it classed, mm-hmm. and it was the understanding was that the only it was a one seater mm-hmm. and the only people who were ever going to pilot it was James Cameron and the engineer who he co-designed the sub with. Right. Right. Those were the only two pilots ever to that. Like that, that's it. So like classification isn't, wasn't necessarily something they needed to do. Mm-hmm. Right. But like every other, sub that takes people down for like research. Very few people go in the other subs for like tourism purposes. It's mostly scientific research, right? Like all those are classed, right? Mm -hmm. All of them. I have to, James Cameron said, I was no way I would take anyone down in in a sub I built without having it classed. Right. There's no way I wouldn't do that. Right. Because you have a moral obligation not to fucking kill people. Right. I have to say this whole thing made me, like respect James Cameron a little bit, a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but yeah, as, as a, as a deep sea explorer, yes, I have respect for James Cameron. Yes. Yep. As a, as someone who made good movies up until somewhere in the mid early Mm nineties, I respect him as a filmmaker Mm -hmm. beyond that. mm. Mm -hmm. There is, um, I sort of was surprised at how quickly we got sucked into this story because I just didn't realize how much, how deep it went. No pun intended. Right. Um, and I, I was sort of like feeling a little weird about how much I cared about it from like a, it's just like a, I, I was just like, it's a train wreck. Like I can't look away. It just gets right. worse and worse. And uh, there's a local um, online newspaper here called Minnesota Reformer that's about politics. And Christopher Ingram 
was writing in the Minnesota Reformer on the day that the sub was officially reported missing or like in peril. And he was like, I, I don't know why, but I'm completely fucking obsessed with this story. So here goes, you know, and, and he, he sort of like summed up what I couldn't myself crystallize about why I was so obsessed with this story also. Right. And so this is my favorite quote about this whole fiasco. Um, and this is why, why does anybody care about this? Why is everyone so obsessed about this? He says, we're living in an era when the rich and powerful routinely flout the rules everyone else has to adhere to, from political malfeasance to tax avoidance to straight-up law-breaking. It's rare to see wealthy rule-breakers face actual accountability. So forgive this macabre thought. When that accountability arrives in the form of a dramatic implosion at the watery gravesite of a famous monument to the hubris of the rich and powerful, people are going to take note. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And take note we did. I took yeah. lots of notes. Yes. And I think we covered everything that we like could remember or had read about that seemed like an obvious bad idea to us. Like, yeah. oh, this is an obvious deal breaker. Like any one of these things on their own would have been a solid deal breaker for me. If I laid eyes on that sub as a person who's built complicated things before and as a person who understands to some extent how absolutely insanely deadly dangerous going down to the bottom of the ocean is, I would have taken one look at that sub and been like, this is a joke, right? Mm-hmm. Where's the real sub? Where's the real sub? And that's the, Where's the like, one with the dials and the buttons and the communications and the things that give you a feedback loop right. about what's happening. And that's where I feel like it's it's like criminal how predatory it was yes. because it's like there's not uh, all of the people who got involved it's like I'm sure there's people who kind of like feel lucky they're glad they went still they're still probably not fully processing how dangerous it was for them. Yes. And, and you can't because it just is inconceivable. It's like, I just can't imagine. It's an unimaginable amount of pressure and danger and like an environment. Like, as you said, Damon, like space is less dangerous in many ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're going to survive longer with no suit whatsoever and no oxygen in the vacuum of space than you are under the ocean like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's I true. mean, you're not going to survive, but you're going to survive longer. You're going to survive longer. That's well, true. And I think what's obvious, uh, what makes it obvious that people are not comprehending yeah. this is when people are like, are they going to recover bodies? It's like, no, those people were vaporized. Yes. Like they turned into like molecules instantaneously. Like just, yeah. Like I am like, they claim that perhaps something potential human remains. It's like, no, uh, I mean, they may try to genetically test it. It will see, but like it, it's not recognizable. No, it's not like a body part. Sorry, not liquefaction, but just like liquefaction. Like it was just like you're just pulverized into nothing. You're smushed into, yeah. I'm I'm assuming the best you're going to find is like some bone. Yeah. Maybe. 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 I mean, also, like you said, like it's an explosion. It's just going to be everywhere. Yeah. Right. It implodes and then explodes. Yeah. 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 Equal and opposite reactions. 
Right. And one assumes there's... Well, and somebody we watch on YouTube who does aerospace stuff named Scott Manley was like compelled by his regular subscribers and viewers to do a discussion of like some of the physical forces at work, just the physics of it. Yeah. And he was talking about the release of energy, the amount of energy that's released when something uh, that's resistant to that much pressure to 400 atmospheres of pressure suddenly gives way. Yeah. And it's like... Like he said, it a was shitload of TNT. Fifty, uh, something on the order of fifty kilograms of TNT. Yeah, I like, mean, or fifty-five or something like that. Yeah. Like, would you expect somebody holding fifty grams of milli- or fifty kilograms of TNT to like survive that explosion in any recognizable way? No, no. I would, uh, the, like again, the most I would expect to find if anything would be bone fragment. Right. I mean, yeah. So yeah, that you're right. This was completely criminal. It was completely unethical, like thoroughly unethical from start to finish because at no point did they operate in an ethical way or did they achieve benchmarks or best practices or certification or any of the things that are designed purposefully to make these things safer or less risky. At no point did they ever get to those benchmarks Mm -hmm. they were never in a state of being ethical or being forthright or acquiring consent from people or informed consent i mean like just never they never did it right from start to finish families get even a halfway competent lawyer yes and they will because it's just so uh, i mean they may not get any money no right but they may shut them down so hard that it keeps people from doing something stupid like this for like I mean, that's 20 the, years. Like that's the best outcome, right? Is right. it's like these five people died so that like going forward that going forward, like there's better knowledge and like acceptance of the fact that it's like, you can't just throw yourself into shit like this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we, there's a problem in that, sometimes extraordinary things happen and people are like, Oh, well that means I can make extraordinary things happen. Like I sure. I think some good, like the classic example is, Oh, you know, Einstein was just bad at math and was just some patent clerk and just figured out this stuff. Right. Uh But that completely overlooks the fact that Einstein wasn't bad at math, did not get bad grades in school. (laughs) Yes. Well, had a degree in physics was trying to be a physicist and, and was, had a job and, and had a job as a yeah. as a patent clerk that paid bills that paid right. the bills while he was working on his physics right right he wasn't just some schlub right. who got yes. lucky yeah. right, right? Yeah. same and i think on the modern one is spacex right because it, you know, i think spacex would like did something everyone said was impossible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they did it like in a really, really rigorous way. Yes. And that's what is owing to their success. I mean, that's right. why they, and they succeeded. succeeded because they actually reiterated and reflected on things that didn't work out and improved upon them. They didn't just right. say, well, it's too hard and we're not, we're going to go around it because we can't do it. Well, another way of putting it is they tested. Yes. Right. And I think that is the thing, you know, Stockton just, t- it seems to me like he took the, the, the superficial lessons. Mm hmm. Of oh they were able to you know upend that entire industry and do right. things everyone said were impossible so I can do the same thing as submersibles sure and I can just ignore all of them yeah and 
the diff- I think the difference is SpaceX tested and tested and tested and tested and tested some more, and then they launched cargo and they did a pr- they had all of this success and proved the system not just to themselves, but to NASA mm-hmm. and yeah. to regulators because their flight uh, space flights are regulated from start to finish by the FAA right. and the FCC. Yep. And none of this was regulated mm-hmm. on the on the out in the ocean. They specifically organized it and in, and and uh engineered their their processes such and and their and their dives such that they would be outside the reach of regulators. Right, they avoided they actively, circumvented. They right. Actively avoided and circumvented any kind of regulation. Right. In ways that SpaceX just plain and Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic just plain cannot. Right. They All these are, aerospace people that he keeps making references right. to and comparing himself to and right. saying, you know, if they can do it, we can do it. And there's no difference between that and this thing over here. Right. And, and there's worlds of difference. They're nothing yeah. they're nothing alike. They're basically diametrically opposite. I yes. mean, it's an opposite set of problems. Right. So yeah, I just yeah, I, just, I was just, man, oh man, it just kept going. The sweater just unraveled and unraveled and unraveled and unraveled. Yep. And I was like, wow, I can't this- believe. I was ready to just assume that this was like a straightforward accident because these things are fucking risky. Yeah. And it's on a long enough timeline, probably somebody's going to have an accident or there's just going to be something that you can't control for or whatever. And then when I found out that, like, no, no, this was nothing but this could have happened. Yeah, right. This it's was completely complete, inevitable. Completely inevitable and, and, and totally If they hadn't got Right. through the if they hadn't arrived at this point because the window failed at 1301 meters or if they if the ballast had whatever not dropped off or if they had gotten hung up on something or if the fucking 18th bolt that they never put on that's another thing we didn't talk about right. they just took shortcuts they, there was the, the eight- porthole that gets you in and out of this thing is bolted from the outside with 18 different bolts I, and they would only do 17 of them because the 18th one was a pain in the ass it was up too high it's too high. It's up there too high. It's hard to get to. And it, math, it doesn't mathematically, it doesn't matter. So we're just going to go again with the non seriousness, right? right? It doesn't matter. Right. It's no big deal. It really doesn't matter. We it's there, but we don't need to use it because it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. So we've probably like flogged our, are submersible to death, maybe. I don't know. This is yeah. a long one. But yeah, I think we I, mean, I think at, we hit everything on our list. Minutes. We hit everything we on really? the yeah. list. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, no. Don't, I, I really enjoy talking. <laughs> I'm apologizing to the listeners. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, speaking of our listeners, if you've made it all the way to the end here, we do have an email address that you can, if you want to complain about this episode right. um, or send your feedback, um, you can email Dana, the CEO and founder of the podcast, D-A-N-A at FCBM.io um, and let her know all of your opinions about what her friends were up to mm-hmm. um, while she wasn't paying attention. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, I like, I, this has been a really interesting conversation. I, I'm really glad we got to talk about as much as we did. Cause we, we did like when I landed basically, um, or arrived by car, uh, yeah. it was like, you guys were like chomping at the bit to tell oh me my about god, it. Oh my god. Oh my god. I can't believe yeah. I have to wait a whole nother week to tell you all of this. Cause it's, it is really like, it's super fascinating. There's so much, there's so many layers. It also like opens up that kind of rat, like Wikipedia rabbit hole, oh, right. Yeah. Of just like, Oh, I didn't know all these other people were involved. Oh like, god, yeah. And then like, there's like, we didn't even get into this and we don't, we're not going to, cause there's just no time and I'm exhausted. But, yeah. and so I'm sure as everybody else, but like, like there were people who sued them 
prior to all of this falling apart in spectacular fashion mm-hmm. yes. because they were like, no, like yeah. you took our money and you didn't tell us certain things and we want to back out and now you yeah. won't give us our money back exactly. and like yeah. all this stuff. So there were like, this, yeah, they were upset there that was it wasn't a paper classed. trail. They, yeah, reasonably I so. Mean, I mean, this was not just like something that happened yesterday. Like this has right. been a mounting issue and, for a really long time. And this is where I like, you know, you read the Wikipedia article and you start to see all these things like lined up on a timeline and you're yes. like, this, this is a person or a company that's been dodging and weaving, yes. trying to get people to pay money to do this like very dangerous thing yes. that, that more and more people are mounting and saying, no, you're going to kill people. Don't do it. With a CEO and head engineer openly in, in, in uh, just, saying how flagrant he has been been with avoiding any and all type of of third party uh review yeah any ex like avoiding expertise right all of these things uh like him admitting all of him admitting all of that is like yeah yeah stockton's dead but there are officers of the company Mm -hmm. there are board Board members. members yep that all have responsibility here yeah and have and and any one of them could have said hey wait a minute right you 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 know you're not following you're not doing this we're gonna kill somebody Mm -hmm. right and you know they had they have responsibility corporate responsibility is like and this company deserves to get sued into oblivion Mm mm-hmm and perhaps yeah, you know, I don't know if any criminal negligence will come out of it, but it seems like there ought to be, yeah, mm-hmm. because the it's the negligence is their catchphrase, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's right in the name, Ocean Gate, right? Ocean Gate, Gate, Ocean Gate, Gate. Ocean Gate Welcome Gate. to Ocean yeah. Gate, Gate. Uh, one parting thought that I had. Um, well, I just forgot it. I had it, and then I forgot it. Did it implode? So it, it imploded right in my brain. <laughs> bye bye. Poof. <laughs> Thought implosion. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Well, well that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that is fine. Um, I think this has uh, been a really excellent. I was thinking we might even try to publish this uh, as like a Friday special or something. Ooh, um, vacation Friday special. Yeah. I love it. Um, but anyway, uh, so thank you, Damon. And thank you, Meg, for joining well, me you, on Ned. this podcast episode. This very special exploration of the deep ocean depths and the crushing disappointment that one might find down there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we have something that's not crushingly disappointing, which yes. is <laughs> amazing. We have the color of the day again. Yeah. So everything's after, after this tragedy and discussion, we're going to return to normalcy. Yeah. Um, not a tragedy. It's a scandal. It's a scandal. scandal. Yes. After. Uh, yeah. So, so speaking of scandals, uh, mm-hmm. color object, object color.com gate gate. Objectcolor.com gate gate. <laughs> or I guess just gate. It's just gate. Just, just gate, gate. Because yeah. there's no, no gate color in objectcolor.com. Yeah. Color gate that's been ongoing for the last like year and a half has color finally gate, been yeah. resolved. Um, so we do have colors of the day. And actually maybe Damon, if you want to give your opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, so here they are. So we have two colors today. Yes. Uh, we've got Purgatorial Dog and mm-hmm. Sacred Maniac. Uh, Purgatorial Dog, the RGB values are 127, 112, 116. And the hexadecimal value, if you want to quick type this into Google, it should bring up the color so you can see it for yourself. The hexadecimal value is um, you type this in hashtag seven or you'd like Octothorpe or pound sign. Yeah. Right. Um, or uh, hashtag. Hashtag. But there's Tic-tac-toe. another. There's another. Um, 
yeah. Anyway, um, that symbol seven foxtrot seven zero seven four. So that's uh, that is hashtag seven F seven zero seven four. That will show you the color of purgatorial dog, the color of sacred maniac RGB one twenty eight one forty three one thirty nine um, is hashtag eight zero eight F eight B. So that's again, hashtag eight zero eight foxtrot eight Bravo. So purgatorial dog, how would you describe that color? Thoughts, feelings, dog puke, dog puke, dog puke. puke. I, I, to me, it looks like, um, if you had a bucket of beautiful gray paint that was suddenly corrupted by some purple. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like just a few drops. You're like, it's gray, but it's like purple gray. Yeah. 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 It's not a great calming, uh, restful color. Like off-putting gray. It's a little bit of an (laughs) off-putting gray. It's like, and I love gray, but this is not a gray that I like because it's got too much purple or pink in it or Uh something like it's a strange. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, it's got it. So it, it, so if you look at the RGB values, it's, it's a little bit weighted red, right? So the red is 127, whereas the green and the blue are 112 and 116 respectively. So it's a little bit, there's more red than green or blue. So the sacred maniac on the other hand, I think is it's like a dusty sage color. Yeah. Like almost a slate. I feel like that's going to be the name of the next submersible that goes to the Titanic. Sacred Maniac. Yeah. Sacred Maniac. Yeah. Like, it's interesting because both of these colors are kind of gray. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. they're very different grays. Like, right. the Purgatorial Dog is like a purple gray, and the Sacred Maniac gray is like a like a sage green kind of, like, mm-hmm. pale gray. Um and like they, gray. Yeah, they're not gray, great yeah. together either. No, no, they're really not. Yes. Like putting them together does not make either one of them more tolerable. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Both, I would not want these colors in my home. Like they are not restful no, or soothing no. colors. Um, mm-hmm. I could see like either of them being used in the lobby of a bank. Yeah, I could see that. Like, institutional colors. Institutional colors. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, they, I, could see, I could see like the like the corporate memo referencing purgatorial dog. Yeah, for mm-hmm. the lower five floors or whatever. Just like, yeah, <laughs> or like below the chair rail, it's sacred uh-huh. maniac, and oh. above the chair rail on the wall, it's purgatorial dog. Right, right. Sacred maniac does feel like a, uh, a like an accurate description of how some people think of their CEOs. Yes. Right. Sacred right. Maniacs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah no. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, we so did it. Genius. He's we a genius. It. He's a well, sacred man. There were so many people who came out of the woodwork in the midst of like the scandal and the missing sub that had not yet been confirmed demolished at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Who were like, "He's a genius. He's a genius." Stockton Rush is a genius. Serious. Genius. I trust him. He's a serious genius. I would go on that sub anytime because he's a genius. And I'm like, you are over justifying. Might you be on the board and thinking you're in trouble? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what's your interest in insisting that this man is not what he is? Right. I, I mean, like, what do you say in those situations? Like, I, it's, didn't you say that, um, uh, Cameron was like, 
like refused to comment yes until it was until they were found right? yeah like or until the, there was until it was kind of the search was ended yes. well, yeah because what happened was they got that the when the rovs actually got out there they could go to that depth they right. went straight to where it was last position went straight down and found it like immediately, immediately. Right. 1600 feet off of 1600 meters away from no, 1600 like feet away 16, from the bow? Like 1600 feet off the bow of the titanic yeah yeah and uh he was like i you know he had been approached for interviews and he had declined any all interviews because everyone was doing this whole speculation thing and he was like i know what happened it imploded yeah and i didn't want to be you know like the coast guard can't the coast guard didn't have proof in the form of pieces right. of the confirm. remnants of the sub yeah. they were like it's missing but that's the only information we have. We can't right. confirm why or how or where or what happened or, or anything like that because we if haven't. If they're alive, if they're not, if they're we, not right. they, they don't know. So they have to do the, they had to do what they did to figure it out. Right. right. They had to follow the steps until they knew for absolutely certain with incontrovertible proof that the sub was imploded and that everyone was aboard was lost. And so, and so that's what they had to do. That makes sense. But like, you know. Yeah. Other people who don't bear that responsibility were like, well, there's really only one thing that it could have happened here. And again, because of the amount of energy that was released when it popped, yeah. the a lot of people who we watched on YouTube, engineers, submariners, other people who work with physics a lot, were like, the people had to have heard this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it would have made a big sound. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we hear quieter ocean creatures from right. further it away. Wouldn't, it wouldn't have been some questionable, like maybe we hear something that might be tapping from the inside of a sub at 3,800 meters. Like, no, it was a big giant fucking explosion. Right. Yeah. Like For sure. They heard that. Yeah. But again, until you have incontrovertible proof, you can't really say much of anything. Right. And which so, is understandable. Yeah. And so I just, I just kind of like, I think I kind of applaud him for like that restraint, right? Yes. It's like, I'm not going to participate in this until we have real things to talk about. Right. Like, there's no point in speculating. Right. Like the only people who are there to do anything about it are there doing something about it. So right. let's just wait, know, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I guess that's it. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.